Aiming for a fourth consecutive victory, the Seahawks are hoping to keep their stranglehold on the NFC West, but the desperate Cardinals may have something to say about that playing at home at State Farm Stadium. What do the Seahawks need to do to sweep the season series against their NFC West rivals? Nick Lee and I are going to be breaking it all down in our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me from his bat cave for Blue Friday, my co-host Nick Lee. Thanks to all the 12s out there for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Big NFC West rematch on tap at State Farm Stadium on Sunday. The Seahawks traveling down to face the Cardinals for the second time in four weeks. When you have a quick turnaround playing the same opponent, that always creates some intriguing storylines because as DK Metcalf said a couple days ago, teams don't really change in that short of order. Although you can make an argument the Seahawks certainly have on the defensive side of the football the last three weeks. And what started that, that first game against the Cardinals. So we're going to dive into some keys to victory for this rematch on offense and defense. We've got our weekly X factors, predictions, what Seattle must absolutely do to win this game, and much more jam-packed episode coming your way. And it's courtesy of our folks over at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. You can kind of tell, Nick, that we are getting to the middle of the season because injury reports are starting to be the length of a 450-page novel. Teams are struggling to stay healthy, and that is certainly the case for the Seahawks and the Cardinals going to this game. Though I would say, based on the two lists we have here, at least based on where things stood on Thursday, the Cardinals look like their injury situation is far more dire than Seattle's. That being said... Daryl Taylor dealing with a hip injury. I think that is the most significant injury the Seahawks have going on right now. Nick, he played three snaps total last weekend in their victory over the Giants and then was in street clothes the rest of the game. Has not practiced this week. This seems like one of those classic cases where the player is going to be pushing to play, but the Seahawks have to protect him from himself and be like, look, take a week off here and let's see if we can get you back when we travel to Munich to play the Buccaneers. Yeah, and you, you really want to help you for that game. That's going to be um, a big matchup. And obviously, um, yeah, it's, it's the middle of the season. I feel like the, every injury report is kind of like a Michael Pena's character from Ant-Man. It's like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend left me. You know, my mom died. My you know, my dad left. and uh, but, but I got to keep the van. I got to keep the van. <laughs> and, and that's that's kind of how the, the Seahawks are, are and the Cardinals are kind of, you know, they at least uh, the, the Seahawks are getting a couple guys healthy. But, yeah, I think the biggest story here um, is on the Cardinals side. And that is Buda Baker. And if he cannot go, that is a big advantage for the Seahawks. He is just everywhere. I, I did I did a little research. It looks like he hadn't missed a game in about two weeks, or excuse me, two years. Um, he played every game last year. He's played every game so far this year. Um, so it's been a while since Buda Baker's not been on the field. And I imagine the Cardinals. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to imagine the Cardinals not being as as a formidable in the secondary without Buda Baker. They're actually fourth in quarterback hurries this year. Um, as a defense, and Buda Baker leads the team in hurries <laughs> as a safety. So that should just tell you. Um, the, and 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 also, Pro Football Focus has 
him as the fourth best run defending safety in the NFL this year. So that that just paints a picture of just how valuable Buda Baker has been to the Cardinals. So yeah, the Seahawks can't um, go with with Daryl Taylor. I mean, I think the biggest story here is that the Cardinals might be without Buda Baker, and that is a big advantage swinging to Seattle. I think you look at the Cardinals injury report, there's a couple of major injuries of note, and one of them being Rodney Hudson. He did not play in the first matchup back in week six. He has already been ruled out for this game. This will be the fifth consecutive game that he's missed for the Cardinals with a knee injury. And Nick, this offensive line is a totally different group when they have Rodney Hudson in the lineup versus when he's on the sideline. He is one of the best centers in the NFL, and we know the importance of centers. We've seen it the last couple of years with the Seahawks when we've been calling for them to upgrade that position, the communication aspect, not having your starter, one of the top three to five centers in the game in Rodney Hudson. They felt that in the first matchup, particularly with the interior pressure the Seahawks were able to get on Kyler Murray and not having him again. Max Garcia is still banged up. And outside to tackle, DJ Humphreys has missed the first two practices of the week with a back injury. If you're missing your left tackle in this game, even if Daryl Taylor isn't playing, we've seen Boy Mafe turn it on. Bruce Irvin has found the fountain of youth. Uchenna Nuosu is playing like an all-pro the Seahawks have plenty of guys on the outside that can take advantage of that and rush against whoever ends up playing because Josh Jones is a full participant, but he's been dealing with a knee issue. So this is a Cardinals offensive line that banged up would be an understatement. So that's certainly a big storyline, but I'm with you. The Baker injury, and we'll get to more on that later in the show, but if they're missing their former All-Pro safety, that totally transforms this defense, and it limits what you can do if you're Vance Joseph. They're going to have to be more by the book as a defense if they're playing a second-string safety in his place. That's how invaluable he is to them, allowing them to do a lot of the exotic blitzes they like to run and different stuff like that. It's going to be a lot tougher to run your usual playbook when you don't have Buda Baker out there. And So the Cardinals have some injuries that are worth watching. Daryl Taylor and Marquise Goodwin right now are the two Seahawk players that look to be in the greatest danger of not playing this week. I'm under the impression, based on conversations I've had, that Marquise Goodwin's probably going to practice today. And so that would give him a chance to be able to play. There's been a few other weeks this season he's missed practice time and still ended up playing on game day. So they're holding out hope there. It just seems like Daryl Taylor's situation, though, with it being a hip injury, the fact he couldn't get through last week's game after just three snaps, it seems unlikely to me the Seahawks are going to give him a chance to go out there again and play. I think giving him a week off to try to truly heal that injury and then get him back so he can chase after Tom Brady the following week, that's probably the recipe. But I think if you're looking for good news from the Seahawks injury report perspective, look at two guys that are full participants on here. We got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, middle of the week. That is really good news after last week, Nick, them being game time decisions leading up to the game against the Giants. And I thought Metcalf looked 100% the entire game. He did not look injured to me. He was moving really well, running with the explosiveness that we're used to, jumping out of the building. So he looked like his usual self. Tyler Lockett has still looked kind of held back to me. But this is really good news that you're looking at a Thursday practice and he's a full participant. That tells you he is heading in the right direction to be over these injuries or at least put him behind him enough that he can return to being his usual dynamic self. That is really good news, especially if Buda Baker isn't going to be back there. Yeah, wow. Talk about a swing with Buda Baker possibly being out and then the Seahawks get their two Pro Bowl you know, portable caliber receivers healthy. 
Um, yeah, what Tyler, how Tyler Lockett played last week, some of it I think was maybe he wasn't 100%. Others had just looked mental, um, which could maybe be factor with him not being healthy. Um, you know, that, that can kind of bleed yeah. into um, you, how you are men- mentally. But, you know, it's it, Tyler Lockett's still one of the more reliable receivers in the NFL, even if he's at 85%. But, look, yeah, that's a big, big, big news that he is he's a full participant in practice. And, yeah, with the offensive line for the Cardinals, they're actually top 10 in both run block and pass block win rates um, when healthy, when 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 at full full strength. So that's a, probably a big drop-off because um, you're even missing your kind of a, your depth swing guy in Max Garcia. And, uh, yeah, the, the Seahawks have some horses in the, in, the, in the stable that really can get after it. And Bruce Irvin, I can't wait to see what he, what he does uh, in, in his third game. Yeah, we'll see if he goes bowling again. I'm really hoping that we see this time maybe knock down two pins instead of one. <laughs> but I digress. That was my favorite play last week, and there were a lot of really cool plays. But that's just not something that I had seen, really. A guy throw a quarterback into a running back to get a long tackle for the loss, and Bruce Irvin showed that it can be done. We're going to get to our keys to victory coming up next. Offense, defense, much anticipated rematch between the Seahawks and Cardinals getting set to take place at State Farm Stadium on Sunday. We'll get to those here in a moment on our Blue Friday episode. This episode is brought to you by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower-risk alternative to sports betting, and athlete prices move based on performance as well as supply and demand. If you invested in Jalen Hurts from the undefeated Eagles one year ago, you'd be up almost 50%. Kyle Pitts is down 44% after struggling in the first half of the year. Tons of other options for you to look at. And unlike sports betting companies, all athletes benefit too and are entitled to a percentage of their market cap. 2.5% trade fees. It's the lowest in real money sports. You can invest in four sports, not just the NFL, but UFC, NBA, and MLB as well. Everyone knows you should be investing, but why not invest in what you actually know about as a football fanatic? Download the Prediction Stripe app. And use the code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with the code LOCKED and make a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and receive Josh Allen shares. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, stock market for sports. Let's have a pause here on the pods for a second. All right, we're paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and insanely tasty. They also have candy cane brownie, a Built Bar puff. It's like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. We're talking just 130 calories. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new Built Bar flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavor is going to be your favorite. An unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable and they're all different. So you can get a mixed box and try all five flavors for yourself. You got to try this. Get 50% off your next order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Again, that's LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. 
You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's show, Nick Lee. Thanks to all the 12s out there for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Nick, we've got a big NFC West rematch coming up in the desert at State Farm Stadium. And every year it seems like there's one set of rivals in the NFC West. I believe it was a few years ago the Seahawks and 49ers played twice in a three-week span. So this is not completely abnormal with the new schedule that sometimes you can end up playing the same team a couple times in really quick order. And that's what the Seahawks and Cardinals are going to be doing. They played in week six. Now they're going to be playing in week nine. The Seahawks got the upper hand in that defensive slugfest, winning 19-9. to nine. A little bit different team that the Seahawks are going to be facing off against. And we'll get to more on that here in a few minutes when we look at the Seahawks on defense. But Let's start with the Seahawks on the offensive side of the football. Another solid performance with 27 points against the New York Giants in Sunday's win. Looking at this rematch, what jumps out to you first and foremost the Seahawks must do to be able to get the season sweep in Arizona? Well, I can tell you one thing. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's, this game is not going to be first one to 19 wins. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one I think will be a bit... Uh, more high scoring. You saw that with the Cardinals against the Vikings. And I think that's where I'm going to go uh, for my first spot is looking at what happened there with the Vikings. The Vikings rushed for 100, or 173 yards and three touchdowns last week against the Cardinals. Um, and Ken Walker is uh, it nearly hit the century mark in that first game against Arizona. Um, kind of his coming out party, if you will, in, in that first game. And really, he's just hit the ground running literally and, and uh, has not stopped since. So I'm going to go with with getting the, the keeping the running game, getting it back on track, and and really um, imposing their will in the run game. I know it's a bit cliche, but it's a recipe that you've seen that the Cardinals have have had trouble with, and the the, uh, you know, the Minnesota Vikings certainly made made them pay in that in that regard. So yeah, um, first and foremost, again, I say this every single week that that this is how Pete Carroll likes to win is is imposing their will in the run game in the trenches, establishing. Uh, that rhythm on offense, keeping the other offense off the field. And and we've seen the Cardinals offense is very rhythm based. It, it relies a lot on finesse and, and rhythm and, and things like that. And so if you get them off that, um, they're they're pretty beatable. And if you let them get into a rhythm and, and kind of start hitting their spots and, and staying on schedule, that's when the Cardinals become dangerous with all the weapons that Kyla Murray has and the weapon he is himself. So um, that all can be neutralized with a solid run game by the Seattle offense. Yeah, and Ken Walker the third had 97 rushing yards against them in week six. Just missed hitting the century mark for the first time in his young NFL career. Obviously came back the next week and made that easily in a win against the Chargers. But wasn't a good game for him last week with the exception of that remarkable touchdown run late. Not really his fault. The offensive line was just having a difficult time opening run lanes, which was not expected because the Giants have been bad against the run all year. But they stepped up in Sunday's game. Seattle's offensive line needs to step up in this matchup because I think you have to have balance to be able to beat this Cardinals team. And they got to be able to run the football. They had some success in that game in week six, but you see what the Vikings did last week. This is still a defense that even though they're middle of the pack in most stats against the run, they've had a number of games where they've been exploited. And last week was the latest example. So this is definitely a team you can run the football against. Uh, but the Seahawks are going to have to be patient with it because you know that the Cardinals are going to make some stops in the backfield. They're going to be ready to go. You got to stick with that run game, though. My second key, you know, it's going to be interesting because anytime that you're playing this Cardinals team, 
Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator. He has had chronic issues slowing down tight ends. And I think some of it's by design because he would rather have tight ends beat him than number one and number two receivers. And the Cardinals defense has had a lot of success against DK Metcalf in the last couple of years. Tyler Lockett's had big games against him. That did not happen, though, in week six. Neither one of these players had big games. And I think if you're going to win on the road in Arizona, especially with how desperate the Cardinals are right now at three and five, yeah, you want to get the ball to your tight ends, but you need more from number 14 and number 16. You just look at the stats from that first matchup. Metcalf had two catches for 34 yards on seven targets. That is not efficient. They've got to be able to get the football to him more efficiently than they did in that matchup. And Tyler Lockett wasn't any better. Two catches for 17 yards on five targets. So I think this is a game, especially with the injuries that the Cardinals are dealing with. Even if Buda Baker manages to play in this game, he is clearly not 100%. Byron Murphy, their best corner, is dealing with a back injury. He's been limited all week. Honestly, this has been something that's been bothering him for a good chunk of the season. He's been consistently on their injury reports. The injuries they have in the secondary, it doesn't matter if they're running back uh, bracket coverage to try to take away these two guys. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf should be able to get the football downfield. You obviously don't want to force the issue because the Cardinals will create turnovers when you do that. The Saints learned that the hard way a few weeks ago when they lost in a high-scoring affair to this same Cardinals team. But they've got to find a way to establish DK and Tyler Lockett a bit more. They don't need to have 100-plus yard games apiece, but it'd be nice if one of them did. And Tyler Lockett has been outstanding in his career at State Farm Stadium. So maybe that's all it takes. Get him down to Phoenix, warm weather, and and maybe, just maybe, we'll see Tyler Lockett break out with one of his best games of the season. But they need at least one of those guys to be much more productive than they were in that first matchup. Because as you said, I don't think 19 points is going to cut it in this game. You're going to have to score points. The Seahawks have a hard time doing that if they don't have their top two receivers playing well. Yeah, and uh, Lockett and Metcalf both had 50-plus yards and a touchdown last week. So even that kind of formula um, could be be effective here. And then third one, um, as far as keys to victory in offense, is don't leave points on the field in the red zone. The Cardinals are, are towards the bottom of the NFL in red zone defense and, and, and allowing touchdowns once teams get in the red zone. And the Seahawks are honestly pretty abysmal at that. If, if there was one thing, you know, this, this is a really fun season – Really fun team to, to follow, to watch, and especially on offense, some of the some of the fun stuff that they've been able to do. If I had to one critique, it's that. It's the red zone. It's the stalling out. You can't go one for five inside the 20 in weeks like they did in, in week six against the Cardinals. you got to cash in, especially with the explosiveness that the Cardinals can have on offense in response. You got to you can't settle for you I mean it's okay to settle for three a couple times, but you gotta punch it in more often than not, especially more often than one for five. So don't leave points on the field. When you get into, in, you know, inside the red zone, you got to cash in and make it six and seven. Yeah, that's been the one consistent issue that this offense has had is finishing drives. And they've got to figure that out, especially with the tight end weapons they have and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean, you've got plenty of weapons. You should be able to finish drives. Having Ken Walker the third, I think, has helped a little bit with that because they've been able to get the run game going in the red zone. But as you mentioned, it was a struggle 
in week six. They went one for five in the red zone that game. And this is not a Cardinals defense that has given much resistance once team have gotten into the red zone. The Vikings had great success down there last week. So Seattle has to be able to put six points on the board when they get inside the 20s. They weren't able to do that consistently in that first matchup. You're not going to get away with that on the road. I expect the Cardinals are going to be able to score more points this time around. So the Seahawks are going to have to be more aggressive. And they're going to have to take advantage of those opportunities when they do get into critical red zone situations. Let's shift gears to the defense. And, Nick, it's going to sound like a broken record. Many of our listeners are going to be like, well, didn't you guys just talk about this? Well, yes, we did because the Seahawks and Cardinals played like five minutes ago. So there's going to be some carryover. Teams don't change that much in three weeks. The Seahawks defense has taken big strides starting with that game. But you look at this Cardinals offense. Yes, I know DeAndre Hopkins is back. I know he's been putting up ridiculous video game numbers these first two games because Kyler Murray is force feeding him. And why not? He's one of the top two or three receivers in the NFL still. You got to get the football into his hands. But if you want to beat the Cardinals, it doesn't matter who's out there at receiver. It doesn't matter what the running back situation is. If you want to beat the Arizona Cardinals, the formula for the Seahawks has been harassing Kyler Murray from inside out, and they've been doing that extremely well the last two times that they've played against him. You go back to week 18, the season finale last year. They got five sacks on Kyler Murray. They pressured him a bunch. A few weeks ago in week six, they got six sacks from six different players and 20 combined pressures when you are doing that I don't care who the quarterback is going to be very difficult for the offense to find a rhythm for that quarterback to find a rhythm and that's certainly the case with Kyla Murray and I, I hate to continue bringing up the lack of height but it is certainly an issue for Kyla Murray and if you are able to get interior pressure from your defensive tackles if you're running some twist stunts and getting your edge rushers inside regardless whoever is in there for blitzing is safety that interior pressure, when you're able to get it quickly, Kyler Murray cannot see over the traffic coming at him. So good luck trying to loft the ball downfield or target in the middle of the field. He doesn't see the receivers. And so it is critical. You've got to be able to get that inside pressure while still having contain on the outside because he obviously is a dangerous threat running the football. But it starts from the interior, inside-out pressure. The Seahawks have had consistent success against Kyler Murray when they've been able to do that. And another thing is uh, on the running game side, they've been out without James Conner, I believe, since week five. And um, they haven't really been the same on, on the ground since then. Um, in, in the game against the Vikings last week, Kyler Murray was their leading rusher. You know, Benjamin um, had had a few good runs, and, and they've, they've gotten Rondale Moore involved in the run game a little bit. But on the Seahawks side, you got to make him one-dimensional. I know that one dimension does feature Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins hooking up, which – you know, that's going to be a handful for, for Tariq Woolen, who I think actually has the physical traits to match up with, with Hopkins. But making them one-dimensional because then they become predictable and then you can kind of game plan around yeah. DeAndre Hopkins and, and be a bit more aggressive in that area. So making them one-dimensional and, and you know, the, they held the running backs under 45 yards in week six. And keeping that also includes keeping Kyler Murray neutralized in, in the pocket, not letting him kind of wiggle loose and uh, and and become a you hundred know, yard rusher again. That is not a recipe for success usually. Um, so yeah, with James Conner still still banged up, who's clearly their best running back, they're going to kind of have to do a little bit of a hodgepodge um, of running backs in the backfield with Kyler Murray, so that they're going to try to maybe get him out and running a bit more to, to establish that run game. So yeah, neutralizing Kyler Murray in the run game and 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 really just keeping them at bay and forcing him 
to once again try to force feed. I think the, D, the I think the Seahawks defense is better equipped to uh, defend the Kyler Murray force feeding Hopkins as a one dimensional offense. Yeah, if you really want to keep them one dimensional, find ways to get them into unideal third down situations and then win in those situations. That's what was really killing the Seahawks defense the first five weeks. They were getting teams into decent third down scenarios and they weren't finishing. That has totally changed the last three games. And I think that's the biggest difference when you're looking at what the Seahawks defense has done recently compared to those first five weeks. And it all started that first matchup against this Cardinals team. And Arizona has not been a good third down offense anyway. They went four for 16 on third down in that first matchup in week six. And then last year or last week, they went four and 11 against the Vikings. So they have not been efficient on third down. That has been a consistent problem for this Cardinals offense. You look on the flip side, the Seahawks have forced 10 three and outs in their past three games. I think they had one or two three and outs the first five games combined. Like they could not get those quick stops. That tide has changed, taking a 180 degree turn these last three games. So I think that that is one of the most crucial keys when you're playing the Cardinals. You talked about them being a rhythm based offense. Don't let them get in a rhythm. Get those quick stops. It doesn't have to necessarily be a three and out, but you know they get one first down and then get them off the field. Don't let the Cardinals have long drives or let them get those explosive plays and set themselves up for success. The Seahawks were able, for the most part, to be able to do that in the first matchup. They're going to have to be able to do it again. If you can hold this Cardinals offense under 40% on third down and limit explosives, you're able to get some pressure inside out on Kyler Murray. I mean, that really is the recipe for success. And I know that you have to make adjustments when you play familiar foes, but at the same time, you know what the clear weaknesses are for this Cardinals offense and for their quarterback, quite frankly. So you need to take advantage of those things. That really is the blueprint for being able to beat this Cardinals team. The Seahawks have been able to do it the last two times. That doesn't mean that it's easy to do, but they're going to try to replicate a lot of the stuff they did a few weeks ago again on Sunday. And if they can succeed on third down, get that pressure, limit explosives, they got a great opportunity to improve their record to six and three and maintain sole possession of first place in the NFC West. We're going to get to our X factors, what Seattle must absolutely do to win. And of course, our game predictions. We're going to get to those coming up next year on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders, and LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. As a former site manager and current podcast host, I've made plenty of hires over the years, and LinkedIn has always been a go-to for me to find top candidates in sports media. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word as you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's show in his back cave in San Diego, my co-host, Nick Lee. Thanks to all the 12s out there for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. And for your second listen, make sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They've got the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Nick, we've got a really exciting Week 9 rematch in the desert coming up on Sunday. Seahawks heading down to State Farm Stadium to take on the Cardinals, a familiar foe that they just beat a couple weeks ago, 19-9 at Lumen Field. Let's get to our weekly X Factor, shall we? Who's going to be the player that's maybe hovering under the radar that is going to have a big impact on the Seahawks potentially pulling off the season sweep against the Cardinals on Sunday. Yeah, for this game, I we, we talked about the tight ends a little bit, and I think Noah Fant could be an X factor here. Um, he had his best game as a Seahawk a couple of weeks ago, in my opinion, um, in, in that game against the Cardinals, six catches, and a season-high six catches. I think this is another game where he, he can sneak loose and, and, and up the middle and maybe – Finally, finally score a second touchdown. He only has one touchdown this year, and I think it came on like October 2nd. It's been a while for Noah Fan to get in the, in the end zone. So um, I, I know the Seahawks got two healthy receivers and, and Metcalf and Lockett back, but I, I think this is a game where, especially if Buda Baker is, is I mean, I know we keep bringing that up, but especially if he's not healthy or not playing, that also can, can kind of change the game for the tight ends. And I think Noah Fan is still looking for that breakout game like, oh, this is why he was part of the Russell Wilson trade, because this he can do this and this. I mean, you see the physical traits, but he hasn't quite had that game yet. And this is an opportunity, I think, where he, he can he can really shine. Speaking of the Russell Wilson trade, that leads right into my selection for my week nine X factor. And I'm going with another player that was included in that deal. And honestly, the player that I think has had the greatest impact, no offense to Noah Fant, but Shelby Harris, I think under the radar has been a low-key outstanding addition for this defense. And I'm going to keep bringing it up. When you're playing Kyler Murray, interior pressure to me is the number one key when you're playing this offense because he has not shown to me in any game to this point that if teams are able to get that quick interior pressure on him, collapse the pocket, that he can find success unless he bails the pocket. You know, that's obviously a big if there. If your contain is not there, then he can still beat you. But as a passer, he has not been able to overcome that. And Shelby Harris had a sack and four pressures in the first matchup between these two teams in week six. Last week, we saw him chasing after a very athletic Daniel Jones and tripping him up. I mean, as he said, for a 300-pound defensive tackle, he's got speed. and This guy can fly all over the field, and he's just got that energy to him that really is infectious for the rest of the defense. So Shelby Harris is my pick. I, I think that this is going to be another opportunity for him to collapse the pocket, to be able to maybe get another sack added to his resume, get his hands up. He's as good as anybody at deflecting passes at the line of scrimmage. Maybe it's the basketball background he mentioned being his high school's all-time leader in block shots. <laughs> it carries over to the football field, but he has been very disruptive. Everybody else is fed off of his energy. So I think this is a game, a classic matchup for him. We've seen Puna Ford and Quentin Jefferson have great success rushing against Kyler Murray. Shelby Harris, to me, is the one to really watch going into this game because he's quietly had a very strong first season with the Seahawks. This is another opportunity for him to continue shining against an opponent that his skill set matches up well against. 
All right, let's get to our what Seahawks must do to win segment here. And we talked about keys to victory, but there's always one thing that jumps out. It's one statistic that has to go your way to win. So what must the Seahawks do? They will win if blank. Well, we talked about harassing Kyler Murray and and stifling that offense. And I think that's going to be my key. The number is four. And that will be four combined sacks and turnovers. So, you know, three sacks, one turnover, one sack, three turnovers. However, it goes two and two. Um, it's interesting because that's actually half of what the other uh, of what the game against the Cardinals uh, a couple weeks ago was. Seahawks had eight combined sacks and turnovers in that first game. I don't think they need that monster of a game to to come out victorious here. But certainly you got to keep keep harassing him, keep keep making this. His, his life difficult, so four combined turnovers and sacks. Yeah, and I'm going to look at the offensive side of the football. Another thing that we spent an extended period of time talking about, I don't think if you're the Seahawks that you can go one for five in the red zone and win in Arizona. I just, I, as good as Seattle's defense has been playing recently, Arizona's got weapons. You're going to have to deal with New Hopkins. The Cardinals are going to put some points to the board this game. This is not going to be a 19-9 finish where the Cardinals score three points on offense. It's just not going to happen. And that doesn't mean the Seahawks' defense isn't going to be ready to play either. Again, the other team's got studs. The Cardinals are going to score points. So if the Seahawks want the season sweep, 19 points is not going to cut it. Settling for field goals in the red zone is not going to cut it. They've got to be aggressive, and they've got to score six points when they get in the red zone. And I think they got to do it at least three times in this game. Because, again, I think the Cardinals are going to score points. I expect a better game from Kyler Murray. Nuke Hopkins being there going against Tariq Woolen is going to be an exciting matchup, but that's a difficult one for the rookie. There's no question about it. The weapons the Cardinals have, even without Hollywood Brown being healthy, they're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to score some points. Seattle's got to counter that by being efficient when they get in the red zone. And that's been a struggle for them a lot of the times this year. That's been the one Achilles heel for this offense all season long. That seems to be where the sacks have happened in the red zone too. The offensive line can't let that happen. Geno can't hold on to the football too long. Get the ball out. Let your playmakers go to work. And I think they can score some touchdowns in the red zone. But to win this one, I think the, the magic number is three. They need to get three red zone touchdowns finish those drives off. I think if they do that, they've got a very good chance to get the season sweep and move to six and three on the season. I guess the real question is, Nick, are they going to move to six and three? It's time for our predictions. And looking at the numbers this year, you had one week that you were not on the show. So you were four and three record wise. I am five and three this season. So both of us have winning records. We're kind of like the Seahawks. We're floating above 500, but who do you think wins this game and why? Well, um, I think it's, you know, weird things happen in the desert. And so I'm going to go with this game being a bit of the opposite feel of the game in Seattle, where it's kind of a defensive slugfest. I think it's going to be a shootout in a way. I think there's going to be some offensive fireworks on both sides, especially with the Cardinals having DeAndre Hopkins and with the Cardinals perhaps missing Buda Baker. There'll be opportunities for the Seahawks to have some explosive plays um, and and having you know TK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both healthy. So with those two factors in mind, I'm going to go with actually our listener in our comments of uh, DJJR. I think um, had my score 34-27 Seahawks in a, in a shootout in the desert. 
You and I are thinking very much the same vein. I'm going to go 30 to 24. Not quite as many points, but still a close margin. Again, I think the Cardinals offense is going to show up. Now, they're not going to score 45 points in this game, but it's going to be a far cry from what it was in week six. The Seahawks are going to have to be able to put points on the board, and I think they're going to be able to. For one thing, the offense the last few times they played in Arizona has been pretty explosive, and I know Russell Wilson was playing quarterback then, but we know what Geno Smith has done in these first eight games. His weapons are going to be healthier this week. The offensive line has been playing better. I think they're going to be better prepared for the games. The Cardinals are going to play up front. And that Buda Baker injury is looming large. If they don't have him or he isn't even playing close to 100%, that's a big advantage for the Seahawks. And I think they're going to be able to generate a turnover too. I think they're going to be able to get some pressure on Kyler Murray. Even though the Cardinals are going to score points, there's going to be a few opportunities for them to make game-changing plays. And I think they're going to make just enough of those with the offense humming, getting 30 points on the board that they're going to be able to escape with the win and improve to 6-3. and three. But this, again, like any matchup between these two teams, I could see it going either way because things tend to get bizarre, especially when you're in the house of horrors that is State Farm Stadium. My biggest hope is that neither team has any severe injuries because that place, again, that's why it has that label. There have been some nasty injuries in that stadium. Hopefully that doesn't happen in this Week 9 rematch. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at CorbinSmithNFL. You can follow Nick at NickLee51. Make sure to check out Locked on Seahawks and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on YouTube. I'll be coming back on Sunday with my weekly postcast, Game Balls, and three up, three down, key takeaways from Sunday's game. Hopefully, we'll be breaking down a fourth consecutive Seahawks victory. That postcast will be coming a few hours after the final play in Glendale. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.